look good, feel good, play good. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children 18 plus, you are tuned into the Loan Officer Podcast with me, Dustin Owen, and today in the studio, image consultant, all the way from Tom James, Florida State graduate, Jeff Tachetta. Jeff, welcome to the Loan Officer Podcast. Thank you, man. Appreciate you having me. Yeah, no, thanks for coming in. Um, full disclosure, I need new clothes, and I, I also needed an awesome content or some awesome content for an episode. I figured let's kill two birds with one stone. Jeff is my personal image consultant. If you tune into the show enough, you can tell the days that I listened to Jeff, and you can tell the days that eh, maybe I ignored Jeff. But uh, Jeff's also um, a solopreneur. Jeff is also a phenomenal salesperson um, and just an all-around great dude. So I figured, seriously, why not have Jeff in so we can pick your brain on how we can dress for success. But before we get into there, so you work at Tom James. I do. In 30 seconds, explain to me, what does Tom James do? So and it's a company, not a person. It could have been a person at one time, but when it was I speak a person, of yeah, Tom James, the company, <laughs> the um, company. So we come to you with fine clothing. That's our motto. And uh, honestly, it's it's whatever you're wearing. The idea is to not only provide quality clothing but quality service. Okay. So especially nowadays, where guys, um, well, not just guys, men and women, because uh, we do both now. Um, we're busy. And we probably want to spend our time doing other things. So the service is set up just to provide convenience, expertise, and selection. And then get you clothing that's going to make you look good. And yeah. who doesn't like that? No. And uh, I, I have to admit, from my experience, when I wear my Tom James suit, I get compliments. Period. End of story. Yeah. Um, and I think it's because you guys come in and, yes, it's fine material. And, yes, it all matches. And but it's the fact that it's tailor made to fit my body. Right. Therefore it just looks good. Yeah. And, and and then people are like, wow, that looks really good. And I'm thinking it probably looks really good because of how it fits. Yes. The colors look nice as well, but uh, it's, it's more of how it fits. And, and I can only imagine that, um, you know, since we're living in a post Corona world that more people would be intrigued by the service aspect because I don't have to drive to a store right. where there's been hundreds, if not thousands, of unknowns. Yeah, um, I can meet one person individually, wear my mask, have them wear their mask, get measured, have them help me pick out what looks best for me based on my color tones and styling. Right? Is that is that kind of in a nutshell? Pretty much. Yeah. Except so now, um, man, the with Corona coming out and, and the craziest of 2020 we've this has actually helped our business um in a sense that it's it's really put us years into the future that i I don't think we would have gone this far this quickly if it wasn't for something like 2020 being the catalyst so now we do virtual appointments so you don't even have to leave the house i can meet you via zoom oh wow yeah um and i we don't have it yet but we're looking into technology where we can do virtual measuring but we're very picky with the way we measure, and we want to make sure our clothing fits well. So until we find something that, that works properly, uh, we're going to still do that in person. But um, from picking out fabrics to styling, we can do all that virtually. So we've just, over the last year, we have we have really changed the way we're doing our business. And you dress men and women. Men and women. That was another big change. I was going to say, how long have you been dressing women? Because I know I, mean, I met you because of... of- I'm a dude. Um, <laughs> at least last time I checked, I'm a dude. And I needed to uh, be fitted for some new suits, right? right? I needed some more work attire. So double double question here. Do you just focus on work attire? And then secondly, when did you start dressing uh, women? Okay. Um, I'll take the, the last one first. Okay. So with women, we've had, we've had women's clothing for more than a decade now. Oh, wow. Um, okay. Yeah. So we've always had it, but... I never really worked with it because essentially what we were doing, we were just taking a men's suit and sizing it down. Uh, so it worked for some of our um, executives and women who just wanted to pull off that really kind of boardroom look. Mm-hmm. But the vast majority uh, of females out there were like, yeah, this is not yeah. what I'm wearing. So over the last couple of years, we've poured in tons of research and millions of dollars into renovating our ladies' line. Um, because women's clothing like to have a little more fun with it. We need more variety. The fabrics need to change because we want things that have a little more stretch, um, different patterns, that kind of thing. So 
going into 2020, we were already doing that. And once 2020 hit, we just poured more and more into that because selfishly, if you think about it, now we just doubled our prospect pool. Mm -hmm. And um, it's funny, but I can't tell you how many how many male prospects I call on that are married. And one of the biggest objections I get is, all right, well, let me let me check with my wife. Let me make sure she likes this. Uh, very few women will be like, hey, let me make sure my husband likes this <laughs> outfit, right? So they make fantastic clients. Um, so in 2020, we, we've come out with such, almost every month we've come out with a new product for our ladies line. So yes, now we work um, with clients. This has actually been one of our fastest growing segments is our female clients because shopping is tough and there's really no other service like this for women out there. Well, buying off the rack is tough. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm married to um, my wife. Uh, she struggles buying off of the rack right. because she's only five foot three. And then I don't, I, I'm a butcher this, but she might be short waisted. I mean, she has longer legs and a shorter torso. And right. yeah. So finding things that, that fit, it's like something's not going to jive, right? It's going right. to fit the waist perfectly, but it's going to be too short in the legs. Or it's going to fit the waist perfectly and be too long in the legs. And um, I can only imagine the, the benefit of being able to have someone come in and measure you. Yeah. And then say, no, I'm going to make this so it fits your body perfectly. Right. Um, how about this? Where do people wh where do people go wrong is where I was going with the question. But, like, what are some common missteps uh, you see folks having when – they are clothing themselves when they, do, when they don't have an image consultant. Right. Well, I think, I think the main thing, honestly, is we've just been trained to settle with our clothing. So it's like, yeah, this shirt, it kind of fits good. It's a little bit tight in the neck, and it doesn't you know, feel too great, but it's the best fit that I can find, so I like it and I wear it. And that's what I run into the most. It's like uh, we just settle on our clothing. Like it's, it's serviceable. Yeah. It's, it's nice. So a lot of people just, you've been trained your whole life because you're not doing custom when you're a kid, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like, it kind of fits, wear it, good luck. Yeah. Um, so that I think is, is one of the main things. Like my, my biggest competition, honestly, isn't, there isn't another story, and I'm not trying to be cocky, but yeah. there's really not, we're the biggest in the world. I, I might be biased, but I think we're the best. Um, there's not a lot of other companies doing what we do. So my biggest competition isn't another company, it's just obscurity. It's people not really knowing that this exists and not really having that expectation that, well, if I'm going to wear something, I want it to fit me. I don't want to fit me well, right? Yeah, and, and better yet, it, maybe it's a color selection that you don't have off the rack because when, when you go to the off the rack, you get whatever color that yeah. is in your size-ish, right. your size-ish, yeah. and then you get to go. And, and it may be because we are uh, groomed mentally that when you're a kid, you're growing, right? You're growing two, three inches a year. Right. So you buy clothes that last you for sometimes three months. If you're my son who shot up like six inches in a matter of like six months. Good for him. Um, and then, you know, or or it's at, at the most, it's nine to 12 months before you're having to, to refresh. Right. As an adult, I mean, you go through your closet and you realize I've had this article of clothing for nine years. Yeah. And it's still in good shape. Right. But then I backtrack. Well, then why didn't I go ahead and get the exactly. perfect match color-wise, pattern-wise, as well as style-wise or the way it fit me if it's going to have a shelf life that lasts a decade? Right. Exactly. Um, but in terms of mistakes, let, sure. let's maybe stay away from mistakes. It's a negative word. How about some go-tos? Like if, if I'm looking for a I want to refreshen or freshen up my wardrobe. Sure. Um, both male and female, what are some early go-tos, like, like must-haves? So the, the hammer in the toolbox or the cornerstone of any wardrobe is a Navy solid suit. So dudes, listen up. Yeah. If you are a guy, right. you need to own a Navy solid suit. Navy solid. With brown or with black accents, meaning belt and shoes? You can do either. Okay. And that's why, so that's why Navy is so um, just such a pivotal part of your wardrobe because – it really goes for any occasion. Um, it goes with almost any color combination you want to put it with. And let's face it, every guy needs a suit. Yes. Um, There's going to be someone's going to die. Someone's going to get married every single year. Exactly. And you don't want to wear something that's old and busted and 
the occasion where you're supposed to look your best, you're wearing something that's like 15 years old with a hole in it that you're hoping nobody sees. <laughs> so it's like everybody needs a suit. The navy you can wear to a wedding, you can wear it to a funeral, and you're not going to look out of place. You can also wear it to different functions, and it's still going to look sharp. Now, you might not look cutting edge, but nobody's going to look at you and be like, ugh. Yeah. I can't believe he wore that. Yeah. You know well, I mean? and, and quite honestly, I don't think everyone can pull off cutting edge. You may disagree because that's what you do for a living. I'm not the image consultant here. Right. Uh, I'm just a viewer. Right. I'm a viewer <laughs> of people. I love the people watch. Well, not everybody should pull off cutting edge. Yeah. Like my financial guys, they, they probably shouldn't look like they're spending a lot of money on their clothing because I don't want to run into somebody, you know, and it's like, man, how much are you charging me? If you're dressed to the nines like this, yeah, with the flashy clothing, now a nice suit, yeah, it means you you respect me and you got dressed up for this meeting. I really appreciate that, but I don't want to be, you know, second guessing your rates and and where the charges are coming from. Yeah, no one would that, and that's I think that's a valid point. Like, does that much thought need to go into someone's wardrobe in terms of do you have to dress for a certain occasion? You know, I'm I'm wearing this today specifically. I did not wear it with the jacket. I wanted to go. Dressy. I knew you were coming in. I know you're always a very good dresser. Uh, this is also Tom James. So I figured why not rep yeah. the brand. Um, but I made the conscious decision. I'm gonna leave the jacket off because the jacket to me is like boardroom. Like, okay, sure. we're going to sit down and we're going to negotiate some kind of an acquisition today. And I'm dressed for that part. Today it's like, no, nah, we're gonna be a little bit more low key. So I'm gonna go ahead and take, take the jacket off. If I tried to wear this, but I guess I'm, I'm saying this, assuming everyone's watching us on YouTube. Uh, if you're not watching us and you're just listening uh, on point, yeah. on either Spotify or podcast uh, on on um, on uh, Apple Podcasts, I'm wearing two of the three pieces of a three piece suit. So I have on the pants, I have on the vest, I have on a tie, but I'm not wearing a jacket. Um, and what do you what would you call this pattern, Jeff? That's plaid. And it's plaid. So it's gray with like blue accented plaids. Mm-hmm. I tried to wear this to a wedding, and my wife was like, eh, she wasn't feeling it. Well, it, it's, uh, man, weddings are tough. Weddings are changing, too, because uh, I can't tell you how many how many weddings I will do the groom suit for. And it used to be, okay, so we do the tux. Mm-hmm. And now it's become, uh, this year, I don't know why, but red is a really popular color for wedding suits. Just the, maybe a jacket with black pants or like? Like uh, red no, on like red. Red on red suit. Uh, it's like 1977's coming back? Three of them this year, and I'm like, I don't know what's going on, but all right. So you mentioned Tuxedo. I'm going to go all over the place with this. Okay. Um, like we, We're going to try to get this show done about you know our typical 30 to 40 minutes. Jeff and I could probably here for two hours. Yeah. Tuxedos. At what point in your life, in someone's life, should a man own a tuxedo so, versus rent a tuxedo? Right. Uh, good question. Tuxedo is what I consider a decade suit because you're going to have it for at least a decade. Right. If you have occasions where you will need to wear a tuxedo at least once a year, it's like, all right, I know every year I have this coming up where I, I'm going to wear a tuxedo, then own a tuxedo. But what? how do I know if an occasion is tuxedo worthy? So, you know, if you know, you know. Right. OK. Like, OK. Um, so Personally. I guess I have yet to uh, to enter that phase of my life where I am on an annual basis going somewhere where a tuxedo is required. Right. Okay. Right. So uh, galas, things like that, where it's like, okay, it's black tie. Everybody else was wearing tuxedos, and I'm going to be going to this for a couple of years. Like we have award ceremonies in our company, and it's black tie. So you okay. wear a tuxedo. So it's like I need to have, I need to have a couple tuxedos. One because it's twice a year. Two, it's a clothing company, and I can't. Yeah. Yeah. You can't not look good. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. Um, But yeah, if you, if you know you have it coming up on your calendar and it's like, okay, I can, I can trust that I have this charity function or this where I'm going to be wearing a black tie attire, um, then it makes sense because it's the most formal you'll ever be. So you really want to look your best, Um, especially for like weddings. Back when guys were still wearing tuxedos, like those pictures last generations mm-hmm. right i've got a picture yes. of my grandparents so it's like i don't want my grandkids to see a picture of me in a rented suit and be like granddad looked like a great guy but that suit <laughs> oh you know what i mean so not you, that my kids would probably do that but yeah you no, get the point now so, so are you saying tuxedo with a bow tie or tuxedo with a necktie what, what's what's more popular today you can do both honestly okay. and i guess yeah. that's the benefit of owning a tuxedo i can choose right um, which which tie I go with? Can I change the tie color? Yeah, absolutely. So so a tuxedo just means the pants and the jacket. Pants and the jacket. I can still switch up my shirt 
and whatever I go necktie, bow tie, and then if my necktie and bow tie have a pattern or a different color. Right. Okay. You can have a lot of fun too. So uh, vests have become really popular with tuxedos. The cummerbund is kind of old school. Yeah. Right. Well, I don't know. Have you seen how the kids are dressing these days? Like the, the girls are wearing the high waisted pants that go all the way up past their navel and the guys are like rocking mullets all over again. So don't don't yeah. test this new generation <laughs> that's coming up. They may be in cummerbums in like just like three years. But. Right. Well, <laughs> you know, that's that, but that's fashion. There's only yeah. so many things. It just goes full circle. Right. Mm-hmm. The only new thing that I've seen in my lifetime to come to fashion happen this year, and that's face masks. <laughs> that's about it. And I was like, I'm like, oh, wow. Now we get to accessorize with a face mask. That's great. Do you guys um, really do that? Yeah. So we started yeah. every jacket we make. Now we send a face mask made out of the same fabric. Oh, how cool is that? So it's like you, you look the part. Right? Wow. I may need to buy a suit from you today as well, <laughs> just so I can get the there face go, mask. Right. Um, okay. So we're jumping over the place and I will do that. And that's, that's all on sure. me. We talked about the blue suit. Yes. Okay. One other article of clothing for a guy that's like, hey, you you must have this. Like, this is your starter kit. What's the second piece of, of clothing? So sport coats are really popular. Mm-hmm. And they look, I like them because they're extremely versatile. So you can wear a sport coat for business. You can throw it on like I have it on today, right? So I'm wearing a sport coat, shirt, tie, pair of slacks. This is business attire. I could also throw this coat on with a pair of black jeans and a V-neck. And it's like, wow, that guy looks like he's, you oh, know. yeah going out to dinner or doing yeah. something fun socially, right? So sport coats have become really popular because of the versatility. And your most versatile sport coat is a blue pattern sport coat. So, okay. So not black. Not black. Okay. Um, is, is black next? Black would be next. Okay. Yes. Okay. So, so, and the reason for that is uh, black is a great color. It's it's awesome for travel, right? It is, it is kind of like the men's version of the, the lady's little black dress, right? Um, but a blue pattern sport coat is just a lot more versatile. Because black you can wear with anything but navy and black. Oh, color-wise. Yeah. yeah. It's going to look weird. Yep. A blue pattern sport coat, one that has a light blue and a darker blue going throughout, you can wear that with just about any pant color you want to put it with. You're right. So, and, 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 yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Look at so that. So it's like you, you introduce, with that sport coat, you introduce a lot of different outfits um, just with the stuff you already have. All right. So let's flip the script for the ladies. Sure. Okay, I'm, I'm a young professional. Mm-hmm. I'm at a point in my career and my life where I'm tired of dealing with off the rack and I want to get something custom made. I want to get something that's made for me. Sure. What's my go-to? This is my starter kit. What What's the first thing that I need to have in my closet? So with our, especially with my lady clients, I focus on doing capsule wardrobes. Which, capsule? Yeah. Okay. So the idea is you get, um, because... In our, in our ladies' line, we like to mix and match a lot of different pieces. So you would get a base suit, um, either a pantsuit or a skirt suit, right? And probably I would go either navy or black. Okay. Um, men, for business, black's a little too formal. Mm-hmm. Uh, for women, black is fine. Okay. Um, so either black or navy and just a basic suit. From there, you add a different color um, sport coat or a different color bottom, and you can take that black suit or navy suit and mix it up in a bunch of different ways, right? So it's it's key that we start with that one piece. That's like, all right, from here, we're gonna build off four or five different outfits, but it's all gonna revolve around these two pieces. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, how about like a, a, a secondary item? Because obviously, like with the men, it's pretty basic. Hey, you're gonna yeah. get a blue suit, then you're gonna get a sports coat, sports jacket. Sure. That's, that's blue on blue, patterned. Right. Um, if you take it to step three, it's going to be a black sports coat. Right. And at that point, you have one really good suit, and then you have two jackets that you can inter- intermix. Right. With the women, you're going to go into either a pantsuit or a uh, skirt suit. A, a skirt suit. Sure. But you're going to work off of work off that. That's going to be more like a of a um, Mr. Potato Head. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, yeah. That that is going to be which that just shows yet again women have way more options when it comes to wardrobe. Uh, and it's way more fun to dress right. and probably to, to be an image consultant towards the women because you have so many different varieties to working off of one base. Right. Um, but if they were to have a second, once you've, once you've dominated that one particular combination of, of uh, pantsuit or skirt suit, sure. what's, besides the little black dress, yeah. um, what, what would be the, the, the second item 
to add to the closet? That is a uh, it's a great question, but it's a very difficult question. Okay. Um, and the reason for that is, especially with with women, we have so many different. Um, with men, it's very easy. There's there's one jacket style. Yeah. That's it. And there's one pant style. Uh, so it's like there's not a lot of variety that we have. Hold to on work a second, with. men. There's one pant style. There's really one that you should be pleats wearing. are yeah. not a style. Yeah. No. Um, <laughs> Unless you're very, it's funny. So everything's full circle. Okay. Right? Are pleats coming back? Pleats are coming back. Are they really? Uh, but that's it's very fashion forward at this point. Okay. Right. So not, it's not mainstream. Yeah. Not yet. Um, but that is a that is a feature to a pant, right? But it's not. It doesn't really change the pant. It's okay. Like, it's the same pant. We just did pleats on it and through cuffs. But it's the same pant. Um, this is why I have Jeff in my corner because I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. So same thing with men's jackets. It's like maybe we do a couple different, you know, button placement and a different lapel, but it's the same style jacket. With women's clothing, there's so many different styles and jackets. Um, some jackets come with lapels. Some we, we do no lapel. So some are uh, longer than others to, to play with the style and have some fun. So there's so many different options that it's really hard to say like, all right, here's where we go from there. It really depends on the client. Um, and that's that's what's awesome about what we do is I really get to learn about my clients. It's like, all right, where do you go? What do you do? Who do you see? What do you like? Yeah. Um, and then based off your measurements, right, there's, there's a lot of thought that goes into this. Based off your measurements, I can tell you which items are probably going to look best on you. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's like, hey, so like, hey, you should stay away from stripes, but you should go with plaid or like, like that, that type of decision making um, or even with colors well that colors but even the style uh, okay the style of the jacket right so which um for example with with men we just wear pants mm -hmm. at the same place for the most part with women you have your high-waisted right you brought that up earlier yep. you have your mid kind of regular um rise and you've got the low-waisted pants and it's like okay well which looks best on me and which should i be wearing for this occasion and it's helpful to have somebody who actually knows, hey, based off your measurements, based off where you're going, this is going to be really flattering on you. You should stick with this. Yeah, no, that, yeah, especially with women because it's, yeah, you're right. With men, it's for the most part, we all it's wear easy. our pants in yeah. the same spot. Men, we're not, we're not dealing with hips, yeah. right? We, we don't have that, that proportion of change between, you know, a woman's body and a man's body. Right. And Men. even if we did, we're not wearing it as tight. Yeah. Also, well, some guys do, yeah. uh, but no, for the most part, our clothing isn't as tight. There's not as many curves. So it's, it's a lot easier for guys. Yeah. I was watching, I don't know who dresses the men on, um, I think it's, uh, not, well, all, all of the, all of the men on like, uh, college football game day yeah. and, and NFL countdown, but I'm trying to think of what I was watching on HBO. It's an NFL show, but okay. whoever dressed Brandon Marshall, one, the dude dresses amazing, Yeah, but you mentioned tight. The one thing I, could, I I was watching it last night flipping through channels. It was between that and, and Eddie Murphy Raw was on. Nice. <laughs> you want to talk about a throwback to like thirty <laughs> years ago? Holy cow! But um, Eddie Murphy don't dress like he dressed in Raw. But Brandon Marshall, yeah. But it was really tight pants. I noticed that. he's wearing a full suit. Yeah. But some super tight pants. He can pull it off. But it also showed that you know tight is in fashion. Yes, uh, and it got really tight for a little bit, and now <laughs> it's now it's kind of. Uh, it's getting to the point where it's like, I don't want it trim, but I want it to look fitted. Yeah. Um, so how about this? You go to a wedding, you go to a networking function, knowing everything you know about image right. and style. What are some like things when you just make your head shake, like you just shake your head and it's like glaring and you're like, God, if this person would just let me buy them a beer, buy them a glass of wine right. and just, I can give them a minute and a half of my time. What are some of the like most standout-ish faux pas that, that you see that we as lay people can <laughs> listen to this episode and say, oh, crap, if that's me, let me quit doing that? Right. Well, so I'm from Ocala. Okay. Um, and, and for those that don't know, Ocala is farm country. It's, yeah. it's horse country. It it's is. beautiful country. It's amazing. Yeah. But they're not known for their big city vibe. No. They're not known necessarily to be the most stylish or fashion forward. Right. It, it is more of a rural community. Right. Okay. And that's how I was raised. I mean, I, I never bought clothing. I never really liked clothing until I started with Tom James. Oh, wow. Um, I... For me, I got clothes twice a year. It was Christmas and my birthday, and it was usually for my mom. It was like, you need, like, your pants are falling apart. Yeah. You need to get you something, <laughs> right? So um, I say that, one, because 
uh, I've done a lot of this stuff before, uh, what I'm about to mention. And two, I don't really, it's not like I'm walking around judging people like I can't believe. Yes. You know what I mean? Um, because sometimes you just don't know. Yeah. But for weddings, um, I can't tell you how many weddings that I've seen where there's, you know, jeans and a button-up shirt. And it's like, you, you probably should dress a little bit better uh, for the, you know, the most important occasion in somebody's life. Yeah. Um, because dressing, dressing is, it's a way to show respect for the people you're with, right? Yeah, um, no, totally. I mean, it's two-part because when we, you started with Dion's quote, right? When we look good, we feel good. Yeah. So you really want to dress well because it just helps increase your self-confidence. But also for different occasions, it's like, hey, I respect you and I put on my best because I want to enjoy this with you and show you that I really care. So if you're going to a wedding, yeah, throw on your Sunday best, right? That's what it's called, your Sunday <laughs> best. Um, so it's just, and I think it's just people don't really realize, and especially now when things have gotten more casual and you can kind of get away with that in your more day-to-day life. That Are you saying they got more casual just because it's it's the 2000s or because of COVID-19 or because we live in Florida? So, yes, yeah, all of the above. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah, no, I mean, I find living, Jeff and I both live in Florida, born, raised, all that. And um, we dress down compared to our friends in the Northeast. Right. Um, and, you know, a lot of that just has to be, well, it's freaking hot down here. You know, so, so wearing a suit every day is not as conducive versus when you live up in, in, in the Northeast. Or right. even, uh, I live in Atlanta for a couple of years, and, and people dress more conservative. They do. Um, yeah. and, and by conservative, it's, it's you, you're, you're not wearing jeans to a wedding ever. Yeah. You know? Um, but, uh, but yeah, I have noticed with COVID-19 and more people working from home and less face-to-face interaction, then you have people that are dressing as if they're going to watch their son or daughter play in a lacrosse tournament right. to the office. Yeah. I don't know if I'm really jiving with that personally. Yeah. I, you know, I, um, it was an unfortunate. One of my clients passed away and I, I went to the funeral. Um, it was via Zoom because it was kind of when COVID was in mm. its heyday. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I put on a suit and I'm sitting in my living room and I'm, you know, paying my respect. And um, you know how like the boxes are mm-hmm. all up there and you can see it. And it's like people are wearing pajamas still. Uh, like taking it from their bed. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm just watching like, come on. Well, it, and, and I do look, I buy into the look good, feel good, play good. Right. I mean, I, I have, I've bought into that since I was probably a kid. Right. Um, and I, I know maybe not everyone is that way, but maybe I encourage folks, if you're ever feeling down. Yeah. If you're ever feeling down, there's, just try it a hot shower, a clean shave and put on some nice clothes. Yeah. And just the 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 mood change. You know, it's it's a great way. It's an easy life hack to flip the script. It really is. You just got to do it. You that, just got to do it. So that's uh it's funny you mentioned that because just yesterday this is this is kind of a theme in our company. Um and one of my partners yesterday, he didn't have a, a full day and he did this and he it, he had a fantastic day after it, but what we tell our partners is on those days where you have no appointments, where it's like, mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm going to do well at all today, uh, put on your very best. Wear your favorite, put on your best suit, whatever you think you look the best in, um, because it puts you in a good mood. And, you know, selfishly, like, yeah, people have to see me. And it's like, yeah. I'm not just going to wear this and sit in the office all day. I'm going to get out. I'm going to try to meet people and yeah. I feel good about what I'm wearing. No, right? I love that. Um, I'm going to flip the script a little bit. Okay. So um, for those. F- People who are tuning in, who this is your first introduction to Tom James, the company. Sure. And then Jeff Deschetta, the the solopreneur, the salesman. Um, you also hire and mentor other salespeople. Is that correct? Yes. Um, but this is what I will tell you from my experience. And and Jeff's not the only Tom James rep I've I've known. I mean, I've, I know probably half a dozen. Um, you know, you and Teresa Rung, Rungi, right? Uh, I was, it's now Sproul. It's now it Sproul. Rogi. I, yes. I used to always butcher her last name. I butcher a lot of names, though. <laughs> um, we're probably the two I knew the closest. Sure. But here's what I can tell you. Some of the best salespeople, business professionals that you will meet is anyone who has worked at Tom James for two years or more. And I say two years or more because it's a sales gig. Yeah. And sales gigs are hard and not everyone succeeds. Sure. But if you succeeded in a sales gig at Tom James, you're going to be one of the most well-rounded, professionally trained salesperson in the country. 
I want to tap into that a little bit because okay. a lot of our audience, that's what they do. They they sell and market themselves in various industries. Right. Um, what what are some like key takeaways that you have learned? You've been on Tom James for how long now? Ten years. Ten years. Yeah. And you are, I'm guessing, in their top ten percent, five percent, one percent of sales? Uh Probably closer to twenty. We've got some really good salespeople okay. uh, in our company. Okay, yeah. so so you, you, you stay yeah. humble, stay uh, humble. Yeah. Okay, but you're one of the best they have. Right? Uh, Even if you're top twenty, right? There, that you you are better than eighty percent of the folks that do what you do. How is it that you're able to do it? What are some common practices? And maybe we'll start with when you're hiring sure. for Tom James, and you're looking to bring someone into this awesome company with a very unique culture and a, and a top level sales culture, what are some characteristics that you're looking for? So we, we look for three, it's, it's really, it comes down to three things that, that I look for and that we look for as a company when it comes to hiring somebody and it has nothing to do with sales experience. Uh, some of our best salespeople have no experience in sales at all. Um, but it's coachability. Right. Okay. So I need to be able to train you. If you can if you're not coachable, then I got no shot of getting through to you. Um, ambition is probably the most important. And you can't teach that, can you? You can't teach it. Have you tried? I've really tried. Yeah. And it, it gets to a point where sometimes I want it more than they want it. Yeah. And I'm like, just come on. I've, uh, I've failed for a decade. Right. Um, trying to teach ambition. So, OK, yeah. so coachability, ambition and then character. OK, can, so, can you interview for character? And if so, I'm, I'm curious. It's hard. How? Okay. It's very hard. Okay. I mean, we ask, we, you know, we, we try to ask questions and we try to get a read, but it's, it's really hard. The way we interview, um, you know, we'll do a ride day. So we get people in a car the entire day. So it's like, eventually the real them kind of peeks through a little bit. It's hard to, you know, keep this facade up for an entire day. Is, is the ride along also to scare them away if they're not truly serious? Out of curiosity. No. And it's more, I mean, the way we approach it, it's like, yes, we are, you're trying to sell us on mm -hmm. why you should work here. We're also trying to sell you on why you should work here. And we want to give you a real scenario of like, this is what your day-to-day -day is going to look like. Because if you're not on board and we, you know, part of the interview process at the very end is like, hey, your first three years, it's going to be tough. Mm -hmm. You're going to work a lot. Um, and we're going to be demanding. And if you're not good with that, it's fine. But you need to be good with that. If you're going to work here. Yeah. Um, well, it's like anything. I mean, any, you work for Tom James and I keep on calling you a solopreneur. A solopreneur to me is someone who works for themselves underneath a larger umbrella, right? Tom James is your umbrella, right? but you work for Jeff Tichetta. I mean, it is on you to go out and find your clients. It is on you to service your clients. It is on you to leverage your clients to introduce you to your future clients. Right. Um, so you have to have a certain amount of ambition and drive in order to, to do so. Yeah. The character aspect. Um, when, when you say that's, that's the third characteristic that you're looking for, right? You'd be coachable. Um, you need to have ambition mm -hmm. and you need to have um, top-notch character. What's the rationale behind the character? So I'm, I'm really lucky. I get to work with some of the, the best in the world, mm -hmm. right? So my clients, they're the most successful in their industry. And you can't really pull anything past those guys, you know? Yeah. Um, they can, that's what they, that's how they got so good at what they do is like, they can see through. Yeah. Uh, they have a bullshit, a meter right. that, that is a little bit more in tuned than the average Joe or the average Jill. Exactly. And that's why they're in those positions. So if you're coming in and, and you're doing shady work and things like that, you might be able to keep it up for a little bit, but eventually they're going to see right through it. And the nature of our business is, um, it's very, it's relationship based, but we do high transaction because you're meeting with people constantly throughout the year. Right. So because you have so many touches with your clients, man, maybe you can pull it off for a few months until they start realizing like, yeah, this, I don't really like the way this guy operates his business. Yeah. Maybe he's, maybe he's not being completely honest. Something's off. Um, I actually, our, our clients and uh, they can tell if you're faking, right? And I found this out the hard way, and it was not for me doing anything shady, but when I first started, I was very, I went through the Florida State sales program, so I was coached in sales. Okay. And when I started at Tom James, I did the sales, uh, the way I was taught to do sales, right? Which was very formalized, because 
in the sales program at Florida State, there's like a checklist of, all right, did you do this? Did you do this? So like, and, and were they teaching you things like the takeaway or the assumptive close or um, how to set proper expectations going in? Exactly. Okay. Yeah. So it, I would sit down and be like, um, Mr. Prospect, thank you so much for your time. When we spoke earlier, we agreed upon 20 minutes. Is that still agreeable for yeah. today? And then I'd be like, here's my business card. May I have one of yours as yeah. well? And it was just very formal. And I was I was doing a role play, essentially, mm-hmm. just trying to sell a guy off a role play. And I didn't realize I was doing it until uh, we do trunk shows. Uh, so we'll invite our clients out. Twice a year, we invite our clients out to uh, a location where we have some of our fabrics on discount. And it's the only time I don't go see my clients at their home or office. So I'm, it's like my second year, I'm sitting there with one of my clients and I'm trying to you know, work through this presentation and sell them a suit. Um, and my partners are watching me, right? And they're kind of giggling in the back and this guy, he leaves, I don't even think he buys, but they come up and like, dude, that was hilarious. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I was like, that whole like show you're doing, that was funny. And I'm like, what do you mean? They're like, yeah, with the hello, Mr. Prospect thing. I'm yeah. like, you guys don't do that on your appointments? Like, no, like that's what you do all the time. I was like, yeah. yeah. They're like, oh, you got to stop that, man. Um, so then I, that's when I started like, all right, my clients could tell that I wasn't being the real me. Mm-hmm. And that's, it's, it wasn't a bad thing. I was, I was trying to put on this professional image for them to impress them, but. But you're stiff. Yeah. And they're not genuine. Tell, yeah. They're like, yeah. something's off with this guy. Yeah. He's hiding something. I don't know what it is, but I don't like it. Yeah, no, that that is such a key point in life. Yeah. Um, I find I like genuine people. Absolutely. Right? One of my best friends, some people would say is an asshole. I would say, no, he's truthful and genuine and someone I trust with my life. Right. But sometimes when he is him, he doesn't hide from who he is, and he tells the truth, people don't like hearing the truth, and not always in an open format. Yeah. For me, it works perfect because I know he's never going to lie to me. I know he always has my back. Right. Right. He has my six. Yeah. But, um, you know, so like I will verbalize to folks that I'm coaching, like you got to be you. Yeah. You got to be you. If you listen to the show, you will notice that I don't mince my words because if I did, I wouldn't be me. I'd be fake. Right. Right. And the show just wouldn't come off. So I'd rather someone not tune in because I called John Coleman a motherfucker. I said bullshit to you. By the way, JC now has to bleep that. It's pretty (laughs) awesome. Um, But yay. You never know. Like, that's that's me. You weren't being genuine in sales. You were a little bit robotic. Right, exactly. Therefore, people didn't didn't trust you. They didn't get to know the real Jeff. Yeah. Uh, therefore, they couldn't buy into what it was that you were trying to do to help them, the service that you were providing. Absolutely. Um, and the character aspect, I just, anyone who's listening, especially if you're younger in your career, you're, you're younger in life, it's really simple. The whole do the right thing always. Yeah. It just applies, especially in business. The whole treat others the way that you would want to be treated. It just applies. That's the golden rule. We talk about the platinum rule on the Loan Officer Podcast. Do you know about the platinum rule? Uh, No, enlighten me. Treat others the way that they want to be treated. I like that. Now, in order to do so, you have to get to know them. You may have to take a couple couple courses on um, being able to read people, being able to to, uh, personality match, You figure out where someone is on the scale of personalities because we all can for the most part, be um, shifted or geared into a certain bucket of, of personalities? Are yeah. you are you a driver? Are you a sympathizer, exactly. et cetera? But yeah, so the platinum rule is treat others the way that they want to be treated. I like that. But before you get there, at least dominate the golden rule. At least think, okay, well, if I'm in their shoes, how would I want someone to treat me? Right. Um, and that's where the whole character thing of, yeah, just do the right thing. Always. And if you can't, guess what? You can't work at Tom James. You can't work at Waterstone. And I'm sure a thousand other companies out there. Right. Speaking of younger in life. So one of the themes that I love most about this show, one of the the, the underlying um, concepts is everything you should have learned in school but didn't because it wasn't taught. Right. Out of curiosity, do you have a couple things that stand out from your earlier life, whether it was high school in Ocala, Florida, or um, playing football at Florida State University and, and obtaining your degree from Florida State? Like, what are some things that if you were to go back and mentor the younger sure. Jeff, yeah, or if you were to grab one of your nieces and nephew, I'm like, hey, man, I wish someone told me this earlier in life. What are a couple things that you could share? So uh, two come to mind. And the first is it's goals. Honestly. Okay. Uh, I, I kind of learned about goals just um, by the trial by fire, I guess. Okay. But it's like the goal process was never really taught. 
Um, and I think it's, you know, your goals, your thinking, to me, that's the most important thing you have in your life because um, it changes your life. So walk me through what what you wish you were doing goal-wise or what you do today goal-wise that you weren't doing earlier on. So, oh, there's a lot. There's okay. a lot that I do. So uh, now it's morning routine, right? Because what we think about, what we talk about, what we look at the most wins. That's it. Um, so it's the, the whole concept of fourth quarter, right? You're trying to run the clock out. Mm -hmm. So you got your running back in there and like, dude, run the ball. You will never say to that running back, don't fumble. No. Because he's going to be thinking about don't fumble, don't fumble. Fumble is going through his mind, and he's going to fumble the ball. So what do you say? Hold on to the ball. And now all he's thinking is positive, right? Hold on to the ball. So what you think about the most is going to win because we can only have one thought at a time, right? And it's either taking us to the positive or the negative. So um, at what age did you learn that? This is something that I, I – kind of new going into like going in while I was trying out for Florida State right okay. that process introduced me to it because I, I set some big goals and had some success and it's like I learned a little bit about it but it wasn't until I started at Tom James and what we do is not it's not like the Tom James method right it's we just find success principles and that's what we base our business on so what I learned to be successful at Tom James is what Really, anybody needs to learn to be successful at anything. Um, so that's when I really started recognizing, like, all right, that's why it's important to not just have a goal, but to write that goal down. Okay. Right? So there was a, there was a, a study done, I believe it was done by Harvard, where they polled all these graduating kids, and they're like, all right, how many have goals? How many are writing them down? And I think of the 100 or so people that they surveyed, 30 of them had goals. And of those, um, or 30% had goals, 3% actually um, wrote down their goals. And the numbers were ridiculous um, of how much more the people who had goals and wrote them down, how much more they earned uh, income-wise versus the ones who just had goals but didn't really write them down or didn't even have goals and just were like, yeah, I'm going to kind of go, I'm going to do my best. My, my guess would be it's, it's, okay, set a goal. Right. But the fact that you write it down You've already multiplied your your success rate or the the likelihood of success. Right. But is it more than just setting a goal? Like I would guess there has to be some kind of an action plan put put together. Absolutely. Because a goal without an action plan is just a it's it's a hope. Right. Um, so do you incorporate this is my goal, but more importantly, these are the three tasks I must dominate daily, weekly, monthly, and if I focus on winning those tasks. I will achieve the goal. Right. So, um, yeah, so there's two sides, right, for the goal. Um, once you set the goal, yeah, you have to break it down into believable steps, right? And for me, I try to keep that process extremely simple. And um, so in my business, the one thing that I really focus on is setting appointments. If I set enough appointments, then I, I don't really have to struggle because I'll get in front of enough people and law of large numbers, I'll mm. hit my goal eventually, right? And it's measurable. You setting appointments is measurable. You can go to bed at night and right. say, I had I had a I want to sell this much dollar amount in clothes in twenty twenty one. Right. But that by itself, even if written down, doesn't do you a whole lot of good. Right. If you then back into it say, in order to do so, I must set five new appointments a day. Right. Then you can measure your success on a daily basis, right? Based on th those appointments. Okay. So now with that, that is not controllable in the sense that I can't force you to set an appointment with me. I can do everything I can, right? And I learned this uh, 2013. I, I, I had this kind of come to Jesus moment in my business. I'm like, I have to hit this goal. And I remember sitting down with my leader and I, I, I told him my plan. I'm like, it's five appointments every single day, no matter what. And I was dead set on it. It's like, was right. it really five? Yeah. Okay. Um, Cause I randomly just threw that out there. That five has been my number. Yeah. Um, so he's, he's sitting down and he's like, all right, so what if you don't? And I was like, uh, his name's Tom. I was like, Tom, you don't get it. Like I'm, I'm hitting this. There is no, I don't. He's like, but what if you don't Tom, I'm yeah. hitting it. Yeah. I'm, I've decided. Uh, and he's like, all right, it's eight o'clock and you're at four. What are you doing? I'm like, dude, I'm hitting my appointments. And he's like, all right, it's 12 o'clock at night and you're sitting at four appointments. Are you still hitting your five appointments? Like, what's going on? 
And essentially what he was trying to teach me is like, you need to have a controllable tied to whatever that daily outcome is, right? And the reason for this is for me to hit my goal, I need every day to be a win, right? So Mm -hmm. back then it was, I will set five appointments or I will stay in the office until 7.30 dialing. At that point, I either set five or I, I stayed till 7.30 dialing. It's a win. Yeah. And the reason that's important is I, me setting a goal is I'm trying to trick my subconscious mind, right, into believing that I've already set it. I've already hit it, right? So when I say my goal, it's like at that point it was President's Club with this kind of a, a milestone mm-hmm. in your career. And it's like I hit President's Club. I hit President's Club. And I'd say that to myself every single day. And the idea is to train your subconscious mind to believe that's already true and then it's just going to go to work for making it happen, right? Um, because your subconscious mind doesn't really know the difference between reality, right? It, it just takes what you give it. So that's why people who tell themselves their whole lives, I'm bad with directions, are bad with directions. Yeah. Because you've trained your subconscious mind just to believe, all right, I guess you're bad with directions, right? So if I'm setting this goal, I need my subconscious mind to believe I'm the kind of person who does what I say I'm going to do. So if I say I'm going to set five appointments... Uh, today, and I also say I'm going to hit Presence Club, and I don't set five appointments, now my subconscious mind is like, well, you're not the kind of guy who, who does what you say you're going to do, so now there's this kind of like vague... some, some doubt on yeah. Presence Club. Okay. So it's like, you probably won't hit Presence Club. So for me, it was, it was important. That's like, I gave myself five months. Every day for five months, I did exactly what I said I was going to do. And it was either five appointments or 7.30. Or, that's Be- it. Because 7.30 is something you know you could win daily. Yeah. Daily, you could stay till 7.30, even if you didn't hit the five appointments. Right. You could leave at 4 p.m. if you hit your five appointments. Yeah. And I yeah, I left early some yeah. days. It was like, yeah. man, I did it. I yeah. had Presence Club today. Yeah. At 7.30 was a pain point for me because at that point I was doing CrossFit at night. And I love CrossFit. Uh, and class started at 7. I was okay. like, I have to miss that. And then... Uh, a little sacrifice there. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Date night was Wednesday. Uh, and that usually would start around 6.37. And uh, there were I missed I missed date night once, and I heard it. Uh, <laughs> and after that, I don't I don't I didn't miss a day. Like I would wake up with butterflies in my stomach. Yeah, just on, like I gotta set these appointments. on Wednesday. You like you know Wednesday's date night, and yeah, I need to. Like, all right, let's get these set like by twelve. Yeah. So so you you learned fairly early in your career, but it could have benefited you even earlier in life if you were to become intentional. Exactly. With goal setting. Right. Right. Because I think that's what it is. It's we can set goals, but are we intentional? with right. it and, and are the goals realistic and then do we have a um a, a, a task set forth um or a, a pattern of behavior that if we can do this pattern of behavior we'll be able to achieve the the big goal you said there are two things what's the second yeah. thing so the second thing is actually um it ties in because before you set goals you need to have belief and that i think to me is one of the biggest things and i've really been working on it, especially this year is if you don't believe that you are capable, if you don't believe in success, then it's a very rare chance that you're actually going to be successful, right? So believing in yourself is, I think, the most important part. And the reason it's coming to light uh, this year is there's some people in my company who they sell extremely well, but this year they're really struggling. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, what happened? You started doubting yourself, right? Uh, because circumstance is circumstance. Uh, we can look at what's happened this year and be like, it's really negative. Or we could look at it and be like, hey, it's really positive. Like, it's helped our business just grow into different areas. Yeah, you guys, before February of 2020, you probably weren't doing a whole lot of Zoom meetings. You weren't looking at technology where you could potentially measure someone virtually. And now you are. You exactly. didn't go full steam ahead into into women's wear. Right. You had it, but you weren't all in. Exactly. And then you fast forward nine months, and here you go, you're... You're doing Zoom. You're figuring out technology on how you can measure virtually. You're all in in women's. Like, there's a, a massive um, benefit right. to the pain that was felt early on. And I even know from watching you personally, you're like Mr. Social Media, Mr. <laughs> Video Marketing. I've known you for seven years now. I've never known Jeff Tashetta with Tom James to be doing these awesome videos about you know, the, the latest fashion wear and how to dress for this occasion. Right. But I know you that way now. Yeah. You know, and I, that could, that could only have it enhanced your personal brand, let alone the, um, the Tom James brand. Yeah. It's helped. It's fun. 
Yeah, um, it is I, fun. Like that's that's the show. People are always like, "Oh, Dio, what's what's up with the podcast?" I'm like, "Man, at this point, it's my creative outlet." Yeah. And as long as we get, and we do, we get two, three, sometimes up to five people reaching out to us organically, saying, "Thank you, that was awesome. Can you do a show on this?" I've had a phone call from a from a younger college grad in Georgia who wanted some career advice. That's awesome. And I'm like, yeah, that's like we spend awesome. a couple yeah. hours a day. It's fun, right? I get to hang out with cool people. Um, and I get to kind of scratch my creative itch. Yeah. When you're talking about beliefs and believing in yourself, do you have any tips or tricks or tactics or hacks? Like, I think it's easy to say, believe in yourself. Yeah. But what if you're a 20 year old college kid and you're like, but Jeff, I don't know how to believe in myself. Right. I mean, any good books you could recommend, any good courses, or even a mindset switch? Yeah, um, minds, for sure mindset. So self-image, uh, the president of our company was talking about how do, you, how do you work on your self-image. So he said, first, you need to know who you are. Second, you need to know whose you are. Third, you need to keep, make and keep meaningful commitments. Wait, whose you are? Whose you are. So that's, and that when he said, he's like, now that's a faith thing. And okay. I'm not going to jump into it with you guys unless you really want to. Okay. Come talk to me. Oh, about it. whose you are, meaning who do yeah. you belong to? Who do right. you represent? Exactly. Okay. What's your purpose? What's your purpose? Okay. Um, so, what I've been focusing on is the know who you are. And in my mind, I, I kind of came up with this method that I, when, I, when we hire people, it's like, this is what I walk you through. Um, I called it the AOA method, which is anchor, own, affirm. Anchor. Anchor, own, affirm. Okay. So first you have to anchor. And, and by anchor, it's like, I want you to, to put together a highlight reel of your life, of all the like things you're really proud of, all those past successes. Like, you know what? I did this really, really well. And it, it can be something silly. It doesn't matter. Just whenever you think about it, you, you have that sense of pride. And you're like, yeah, that is me. Yeah. Right? David Goggins writes about it in his book, Can't Hurt Me. And he calls it uh, putting cookies in the cookie jar. Yeah. It's always something that's that, a great book, by the awesome way. Awesome book. Oh, man. But like, yeah, you need to be able to win. When life gets hard, yeah. you need to be able to go to your anchor. That's, yeah. And, and you need to be able to pull from it to remind yourself, yeah, you are a badass. Absolutely. Right? You might not be feeling like a badass right now, but you've done these five, seven, 12 badass things in your life. Right. Pull from them. Absolutely. I love that. You call it an anchor. Anchor. Yeah. Okay. And, and you see it like, so, um, in, in, you know, MMA or, or boxing or whatever, when they announce the guy, mm -hmm. they have all these nicknames, right? And yeah. it's like, oh, those are past successes that this guy had because he needs to get, he's about to go in a fight. Mm -hmm. So you try to amp that confidence yeah. up. Right. And eventually what that should be when you, when you anchor that much to me, that should culminate. in when you say your name, you're bringing up all those past successes, right? So your name, it's the most beautiful noise in the world, most beautiful sound in the world, right? So it should mean something. Unless my mom is saying it. At, yeah, there's... You know, and then it's like, oh God, what I do now? Uh, <laughs> uh. But so when you anchor, it's like that's, that's defining who you are. And you need to have that kind of confidence. If you're going to set any kind of goal, because your goals should be really big and intimidating. And if I'm not anchored on knowing that I'm the kind of guy who can hit those goals then setting a big goal is actually going to tear me down because I'm gonna be like, that's, that's terrifying. I don't even think I yeah. can hit it. And now it's negative. Yeah. So anchoring is like, look back on all the, and there's plenty, right? Mm -hmm. If you're walking, then you fell down a ton of times to learn how to do it right as a child. So it's like, Hey man, I, I figured that out. You know what I mean? I'm here. That was like a one in a 4 million chance that I'd even be alive. So I got that going for me. Yeah. So it's like, man, I don't care how small it is. Look at the Look at all the wins in your life, anchor on that, right? And eventually turn that into your identity. So when you say, I'm Jeff Tessetta, that's what I'm, t like, I don't have to go through the highlight reel. It means something to me. Um, the own part is, that's when we start looking at problems, right? Um, and that's when we deal with current reality. And owning is just like accepting what you're bad at. You know what I mean? Um, now you have to anchor first because if you just look at the negative, mm -hmm. then you're like, well, I'm just a horrible person and I got yeah. no chance. Right. But it's like, yeah, you need to accept the things. It's like, this isn't going that well. And I'm, you know what? That's fine. The, the best example I can have of that. Um, have you seen the movie eight mile? Yes. Love it. Right. Well, that, especially the last bat uh, rap battle. Yeah. Oh. So what does he do? Like at the, the very last battle, what does he do? He takes Ownership of all of his uh, all of his uh, um, missteps or right. or negative qualities, and he 
he being Eminem or Eminem's yeah. character, Rabbit, B Rabbit. There you go. He actually beats his opponent to the punch. Yeah. And says, I know you're going to say all this about me. Right. And then flips it and then starts yeah. saying bad stuff about him. And then he goes he on He went defense. to a private school. Yeah. Uh, drops the mic and done. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. So, so you take the bullets away from mm-hmm. the enemy, right? So if I go into the day knowing, like, this is the challenge I'm probably going to face today. And then I face that challenge. I'm like, dude, I already knew it. Like... Yeah. Like he says, it's like, tell them something they don't know about me. It's like, uh, yeah, it's, I already know that about me, man. Yeah. You can't hurt me with that. Yeah. I already worked on that this morning. Yeah. Like I talk too much and I butcher people's last names. Yeah. All right. That's who cool. I am. <laughs> um, so you do that and then you affirm. And then it's like, all right, here's what I'm going to do about it. Um, here's how I'm going to beat that. And this is what's going to get done today. Right. And I, man, I'm a big, I'm a big movie guy. And I just, I, I, uh, movie and sports. Right. So um, Muhammad Ali, if you watch. If you watch some of his trash talk, that's what he does, right? There's there's one where he was going to fight um, Sonny Liston. No, it was uh, it was George, George Foreman? Foreman. Okay, yeah, when he was like in his thirties, right? And he started by anchoring, right? And his anchors were like, you know, um, he would always have those rhymes, <laughs> right? It's like yeah, the whole float like a butterfly, sting like yeah, a bee, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm so I'm mean pretty. I made medicine sick. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, and he, he'd say all these things. Yeah. And then he'd, he'd called out the media. Uh, and he's like, I know you got him. I know you got him picked. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I know you guys think he's going to win. Um, but then he says, uh, he, he affirms that he's going to beat him, right? Um, I'm going to show you how great I am, yeah. right? And then he comes out and he beats the guy. It's like, wow, way to go. But it was like in that, it was maybe, it's maybe a two, three-minute clip. He goes through that whole thing where he's like, he anchors, he owns what's going on, and then he affirms, like, I'm still going to win. You guys can pick him. This still is win. awesome stuff. Right? Like this. I love it. Anchor. Anchor. Own. Affirm. affirm. Yeah. That is, for those listening, really at any age, I mean, but the the earlier you adopt this, yeah, the better. I mean, it's, um, uh, I, I work a lot over the past two or three years on self-improvement, and I wish... I was at a place in my life where I understood some of the concepts I understand today earlier on. Yeah. And just now, like, I promise you, I'm going to swipe and adapt. I will make sure I give you credit when I'm out speaking to other groups of people yeah. about anchoring, owning, and affirming. Yeah. This is fantastic. Jeff, yes. if someone wants to get a hold of you, one, let me ask you this. I'm assuming the answer is yes, but is Tom James hiring? Absolutely. If someone, if someone wants to be an image consultant, if yep. someone wants to be the next Jeff Tessetta, um, they can look at Tom James. And I say that because uh, an episode or two back, we had a lady on, a uh, lady by the name of Laura Hartman. And Laura comes from hospitality management, and that industry has been decimated yeah. by COVID-19. There are a lot of great people out there looking to pivot. Um, she calls them innovators. Right. They're looking to to reinvent who they are. Right. Um, and I'm sitting here talking to you, knowing a the type of professional you are, the quality of product that you sell, the service that you provide. And then knowing that the last 15 minutes that to me has been like the most impressive. Um, you were exposed to that through Tom James, I'm assuming some on your own, but some some through Tom James. Right. Why wouldn't someone want to maybe look at this as a potential career? So. I'm going to ask you to throw out your contact information. This is now going to be kind of twofold. Sure. Look, if you want to look good, because you understand in order to yeah, yeah, look good, feel good, feel good, play good. If you want to play good, but you got to feel good, and in order to feel good, you got to look good, Jeff's your man. But also, if you're looking for a career change, right? If if doing what he does for a living and being able to – to, to riff and spit some of the stuff that he just talked about with, with, with goal setting, right. And, and anchoring and owning and affirming, you want to be a part of a, a company and a culture who's like that. Reach out to Jeff and Jeff, how would they, how would they get a hold of you? Uh, give me a call. What's your cell? What's your number? Uh, three, five, two, two, three, nine. 716. So still represent no Cal with that three, five, two. So you don't so, change your number. So three, five, two. Yep. Two, three, nine, zero, seven, one, six. He's Jeff Tessetta yeah. with Tom James, the company, the clothier. There we go. I'm Dustin Owen with the Loan Officer Podcast. You can find us on YouTube, on Instagram, on Facebook. We are at the Loan Officer Podcast. Individually, if you want to find me on LinkedIn, Dustin Owen. Um, Jeff, thank you so much for thank your time you. today. I 
totally dig this episode. It's going to be one of my favorites, but this is all the time we have for today. I know you have appointments to get to in order to get to those five, Yeah. Um, but we do appreciate you spending an hour of your day with us today. Um, folks, thanks for tuning in. We have to go for now, but you can catch us every day on YouTube, on Spotify, on Apple Podcast. Peace.